from the Caribbean And I'm a Christian boy Oh lad, oh lad Hello and welcome to Inspiration for Your Day. You're listening to Life101Radio.net and I am your host for the next hour, Nicole Georges Bennett. This is the spot to be for good Caribbean music and food for the soul. That's encouragement and inspiration from the Word of God. I'm so glad you're joining me today. This is the place to be, to recharge and to renew your spirits and we're going to get right into it with our theme sound there by Jerron Nurse and Caribbean Christian. And a little later today, I do have a special guest, Minister Sarita Jones-Harshaw will be joining me and she will be talking on a topic that I think is very um, important and something that affects all of us at some point in our lives and that is fear and how to overcome fear and no longer be a slave to fear. So that's coming up and uh, if you are into Caribbean reggae, and Caribbean gospel reggae in particular that you're really gonna love today's programs. I've got some nice covers for you that is versions of popular Christian songs that have been redone and uh, rethought by reggae artists. All of that coming up on Inspiration for Your Day. Forget about every negative thing Get up and dance into your blessing It might look confusing But it's Caribbean Christian living Caribbean Christian And dancing in my blood mm. Caribbean Christian And dancing in my blood My blood boy. Caribbean Christian And dancing in my blood mm. Caribbean Christian And dancing in my blood My blood
the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it together. If you've just tuned in, this is Inspiration for Your Day, and I'm really happy that you've decided to join me for the program today. Let's keep in mind that we were blessed to open our eyes this morning, and we live to see the beginning of a new day. So let's give thanks to the Lord for all of His mercies. They are new every day. It's time now for Food for the Soul, and this is the portion of the program where we get some spiritual nourishment. Just as we feed our outer bodies, we feed our stomachs, our physical stomachs. We also need to feed our inner bodies, our inner spirit, our inner man or um, woman. And uh, so today I've got something quite different for you. This is an excerpt from an article by Jennifer LeClaire, and it's called Decoding Your Dreams. So if you've ever had a dream or maybe even a nightmare, and you've woken up wondering, I wonder if there was any significance or meaning to my dream, then this will be very interesting to you. So I'm going to start reading from Decoding Your Dreams by Jennifer LeClaire. She says, In one of the most disturbing dreams I have had, I walked into the prayer room at my ministry and it was dark. This wasn't altogether unusual because during the worship time on Friday night, corporate prayer, the lights are often dimmed. In the dream, I saw two men on the platform I didn't recognize. They were dressed in black. When I scanned the prayer room, I saw someone had a pillow and was sleeping at the altar. I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. Is this a prayer lock-in, I wondered. Suddenly, I received the bad news that someone had died. In the dream, I didn't know who it was. I was so shaken that two people had to help me leave the prayer room and exit the building. And then I woke up. We need to decipher every dream with God's wisdom, but an especially disturbing dream or a directional dream demands extra caution. When your emotions are very stirred in a dream, so stirred that you wake up disturbed and have a hard time shaking the feeling, you need to pay extra attention to what the Lord is trying to show you. At the same time, emotions can get in the way of discernment. Immediately as I began to interpret this dream, I wondered if someone in the ministry was going to die. I was so shaken by the dream that my mind immediately thought of physical death. And before the end of the day, I received a call from someone pivotal in my ministry with the bad news that his young son had been diagnosed with cancer. I wondered if the dream was about the boy. Was the Lord showing me there was a death assignment against the boy? I prayed, but did not bear witness to this interpretation. So I continued to pray. I wondered if the dream was about the boy's father, the department leader. Would he leave the ministry to care for his son? Are we losing this leader? Was it about a relational death rather than a physical death? I understood that death in a dream doesn't always mean physical death. It can also mean spiritual death, dying to self, the death of a career, relationship, ministry, or even some sort of judgment or separation. God's wisdom always keeps the context in mind. The context of this dream was not personal, it was ministry. As I prayed and began to unravel the dream, it became clear this was not about a physical death or the death of the ministry, 
but about the death of a ministry relationship. So although the leader, whose son was battling cancer, did slowly move away from the ministry, there was no death in this relationship. Yet I was convinced that the death of relationship was coming, I just had no idea how soon. I knew I had to pray because I was so visibly shaken in the dream. The Lord used that dream to prepare me for what was coming, to pray to guard my heart. The pillow in the dream represented resting in faith, and in the context of the prayer room, it translated to me as resting in faith through prayer. So I prayed for God to help me brace myself for what was about to happen. I refused to become fearful about it. I refused to dread what was coming. I kept the matter in my heart and considered it from time to time, but I didn't let it consume me. It was less than two months before this dream came to pass. While I was putting the ministry in order, I moved some people to different positions and asked others to take a break for a season while we reorganized. One woman was offended and hurt by the reorganization and not only left the ministry, but also severed a friendship that was nearly two decades old. This could have been devastating for me on a personal level, but it wasn't because God had prepared me through my dream. What would normally have been a very emotional separation, an overwhelming emotional shock, surprised me but did not stir me at all. God warned me ahead of time and my response was to pray. If I had ignored or misinterpreted the dream, the personal outcome would have been different. I would have been shocked and emotionally wounded, but I responded correctly to the dream and God protected me. There was another aspect to this dream that I could not grasp until after the dream was fulfilled. The two strangers in black. I believe from the beginning that these were evil spirits. I pondered, studied, and prayed about these two men in black for weeks and could not get any clear understanding of what spirits these signified. During the transition, two people were offended and left the ministry. A spirit of offense was talking to these people and tempted them to leave when their positions shifted. I moved through the interpretation of that dream with the Spirit of God, navigating it bit by bit. I tackled each layer, exploring things in prayer read the dream and the interpretation again, and noticed how some of the interpretation process was trial and error. Finally, parts of the dream were not clear until after the dream manifested. The Lord showed me, after the fact, what spirits were involved. Was he trying to warn me about the spirit of offense beforehand so I could pray against it? Perhaps. Maybe I missed that part, I still don't know. But I do know that after the people left the ministry, after this pruning, there was great growth. So what the enemy meant for harm, God used for good. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. So let's explore steps to interpreting dreams with God's wisdom. If you'll use these steps as a guideline and stay prayerful, you will be well on your way to decoding your dreams. Write down your dreams. I can't stress this enough. Write down your dreams. Write them down and judge them later. Even if a dream is from your soul or from the enemy, it can be useful. Dreams reveal things about ourselves or about the enemy's plans for our lives that we might otherwise not see or understand. Judge the dream. We've already discussed at length the sources of dreams. Dreams can come from the carnal realm, soulish, something you ate, medicine you took, and so forth. Dreams can also come from the enemy, deceptive dreams, nightmares, and so forth. Or, dreams can come from the Lord. Pray through the dream. Once you've judged a dream to be accurate, it's time to exercise good stewardship by praying through the dream. But what does it mean to pray through a dream? Take out the journal in which you wrote down the dream. Read through it. Although you already may have interpreted large parts of your dream, as you read and pray, it's possible to get more revelation on what the Lord said or how to apply it to your life. Praying through the dream is the primary way to unlock deeper meanings. Consider your emotions. In my death dream example, I was shaken. I was so shaken in the dream that I woke up shaken, and it continued to disturb me until I prayed through to peace. In a dream, you may feel all sorts of emotions. Sometimes you wake up feeling those same emotions. 
I've been angry in dreams and woken up in anger. I've been joyful in dreams and woken up joyful. Your emotions will provide major clues about the meanings. And this is also subjective. Skydiving in a dream may make one person feel alive, but scare another person terribly. You will not feel strong emotions in every dream you have, so play, pay close attention when you do. It's a point of reference for God to show you something that you need to face emotionally. Review the context. Context means the parts of a discourse that surround a word or passage and can throw light on its meaning and the interrelated conditions in which something exists or occurs, the environment or setting. And look for the Lord's broad brush. Every detail in a dream has some significance. God doesn't do anything without a purpose, especially in longer dreams. However, we can get so bogged down in the details, we miss the picture that the Lord painted for us with a broad brush. Look at the big picture. Is the Lord saying something about your career, your family, your heart? What is the general theme of the dream? Once you have identified the overarching message, interpreting the details will be easier and not so confusing. And ask questions. What is the main focus of the dream? Most of your dreams will be about you. Were you an observer in your dream? Many times that indicates a warning dream or a call to intercession. Who were the people in your dream and what do they represent? What were the names of the people in your dream? Where did the dream take place? What was the setting? What was the time period of the dream? Was this in your past? Was it in a past era? Is the dream pointing to the future? What were the key actions in the dream? What colors or numbers stood out? What key symbols stood out? What was said in the dream? Pay attention to the dialogue to discern message. Asking the who, what, when, where, and how can answer a lot of your whys as you pray through the dream. So, if you'd like to learn more about decoding your dreams, you can look up the article by Jennifer LeClaire, and that's L-E-C-L-A-I-R-E. -E. And it's uh, I just read to you an excerpt from her article titled, Decoding Your Dreams. All right, folks, um, I always like to take a few minutes to ask you if you've had a chance to accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And if you haven't do so, I'd just like to give you the opportunity to pray with pray with me right now and to make that decision for Jesus. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for praying with me. If you're wondering what the next step should be, I would like to encourage you to get a Bible, buy a Bible. We usually recommend the King James Version or the New King James Version or the NIV because um, that one does have more modern or contemporary English. might make it a little bit easier for you to understand the Word of God. You can start reading in the Gospels. We recommend starting in the book of John. Join a church. Find a church family where the Word of God is recognized as the Bible and Jesus is preached as the only way to heaven. And uh, fellowship and get to know the people in the church and let them mentor you. And then, of course, tell others about Jesus. Your job is not to convert them, but your job is to share the story of Jesus and to let them know that God loves them and wants to take away their sin. And just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the right words at the right times and also the right opportunities to share the word. Okay, folks, I've been talking for a long time now, so I think it's time for us to get back into the music. And when we come back, I will have my special guest, Minister Sarita Jones-Harshaw, and she will be talking to us on the topic, No Longer a Slave to Fear.
promised you a special guest for the program today so of course if you've been listening to inspiration for your day for a while now um, you will probably recognize this name she's been on the show before and our guest is minister Sarita Jones Harshaw who is a resident of Toronto for the past seven years with her husband Tim she's a licensed minister from the US under the pastoral ship of Reverend Annie B Lewis who is the pastor of Higher Heights Prayer and Deliverance Ministry, which is located in Bloomfield, Connecticut. So, Minister Sarita is the international branch of Higher Heights Prayer and Deliverance Ministry, and she's also a member of Malvern Christian Assembly, where Pastor Jeanette House is senior pastor, and which is also my church, as you might recall. So, Minister Sarita, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Well, thank you, um, Nicole, for having me back. It is a pleasure to be able to come and share some inspiring words with you and your audience today. Okay, so uh, we have a special topic that we're going to be dealing with, but um, I just remembered something, actually, which was um, very exciting to see you on 100 Huntley Street. So uh, Yes, that, that was um, definitely a um, blessing for me to be able to share my testimony with the world on 100 Huntley Street and I just pray that someone was encouraged by that word also. It was really well done and you handled it like a pro. Couldn't tell it was your first time on TV. Was it actually your first time on TV? <laughs> it was actually my first time on TV but you know I have to give God all the glory. Mm -hmm. Well you did a really good job. So we are going to dive into our topic for today. 
Now, this is something that I think has affected every single human being on the planet at some point in time in their life. And our topic is no longer a slave to fear. So, Minister Sarita, we've all been afraid. So how do we get over it from a spiritual perspective? And just feel free to begin wherever you would like. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, I'd like to just put out there that fear, it is actually false evidence that appears to be real. Mm -hmm. It looks real. It feels real. It even sounds real. But it's not. And what it's designed to do is to stop us from walking in the will of God. And um, I have um, three scriptures that I would like to reference um, about that, which is one is from Isaiah chapter 41, where it states that, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, it reads, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And my third scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it reads, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, Nicole, with those scriptures that I just quoted, if I had to sum up the passage, those passages, I would say that God is in total control mm-hmm. and those who trust him have nothing to fear. Amen. Can you repeat the verses again? It was Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, and 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, um, but you know, we all, at some point in our lives, we all have felt afraid. We have all felt scared or been frightened. But the thing is, we can't continue to give in to the enemy, especially when we know who the Lord is. Amen. And actually, Fear is one of the enemy's most popular weapons that he uses against us because what it'll do, it'll leave you feeling unhappy. It'll have you depressed. Actually, it will sap every bit of spirituality from you and leave your soul paralyzed if we continue to give into this demonic spirit. And what it also does It destroys your mind, and its purpose, as I mentioned earlier, is to keep you from doing the will of God. So, Minister Sarita, I just want to backtrack a little bit here. So, you're saying that fear is not a feeling or an emotion. You actually describe it as a demonic spirit. It is. It's a spirit. You know, the dictionary defines fear as an unpleasant, strong emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous. But as I stated earlier, it's false evidence that appears real. It'll make you think that it's real. But it's false evidence appearing real. And see, but you have to realize that we're in a spiritual realm. And see, God wants us to walk by faith. But Satan wants us to walk by fear. So when it tries to come over you, we must identify this very um, soon as we start having this type of emotion. It is a feeling. When we have this type of emotion, we must identify it early on so that we can combat this spirit with the spirit of God. So how do we combat fear? Well... I put it this way. How do we overcome fear? Instead of me saying combat, I would say, how do we overcome fear? Well, first, I believe that we must remember that when we accept Jesus as our Lord, that we can trust him to see us through every situation that we face. Mm -hmm. You know, when we accept Jesus, he is now in us. And whatever 
whatever Jesus is, we are. You know, Jesus is victorious. Guess what? We're victorious. Amen. Jesus is strong. We're strong. He's courageous. We're courageous. So we have to know that Jesus has given us all authority and all the power. And when we have that authority and that power, we have to use it. But we forget. We forget that we have all authority. And secondly, we must have our focus on God. When your focus is not on God, what we do is we leave ourselves open for an attack. So when you say that we're, we've lost our focus, I assume you're meaning that we're focused on the problems or the circumstances. When I say that we must be focused on God, I mean that we must have our eyes, our minds, our souls meditating on the Word of God. I believe that we should be in His Word daily and that we should have a consistent prayer life with Him in order to be focused on God. You see, take for instance um, the world of sports. This past Sunday, football, the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. that was just played. And I was looking at something on the internet on Monday, and what they predicted was 1.3 billion chicken wings were consumed, 30 million slices of pizza, 325 million gallons of beer, and nine over 9,000 tons of chips was consumed. And what we have to do, just like we feed our natural bodies, we have to feed our bodies, our spiritual souls mm -hmm. with the word of God. The word of God is food for our souls. The word says, give us this day our daily bread. We need the word of God daily. And when we meditate on his word, what happens is it becomes a part of us. And as it becomes a part of us, our faith will then increase. And when we begin to trust him more, then we are no longer a slave to fear because we are able to operate in the gifts and the talents that God has given us because we have strengthened ourselves with the word of God. You know, the Bible tells us that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It is the word of God. And that's how we'll win against the devil is by using the word of God. If you also remember, um, it speaks of Jesus when after he was baptized, he fasted for 40 days. And when he was weak, that's when the devil tried to tempt him. But did you know what? Jesus didn't fall prey to the devil because he had the word of God hidden inside of him. See, the devil is no match for the word. So that's what I believe that we have to be in the word and we have to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior in order to combat this thing called fear. That's our first step. So just to, um, just to kind of um, encapsulate it a little bit here, we're talking about using the word of God against fear. Now, yeah. I've actually read, um, I think it was Joyce Meyer perhaps who said, we have to actually speak the word out loud that uh -huh. we we read it meditate on it yes but when it comes to actually combating that spirit of fear we have to open our mouths and release that word yes. um, I'm wondering if that's your take on it as well that is exactly my take that's why I referred to Jesus when he fasted for 40 days and when the devil tried to tempt him Every time Jesus told him that it is written and he Jesus uttered the word of God to the devil and and see our our weapon is the word reading the word is going to produce your faith uh, Romans uh, I want to say 10 17 says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and if we don't read the word we're not equipping ourselves to defeat the devil because when you start reading the word you'll start hiding that word in your heart so when you need it as you stated before you're able to quote scripture back to the devil you know we, we all nowadays you don't see people carrying their Bibles like they used to because we have our, our phones, we have our, our iPads, 
and we have the word there. But what if those those um, types of devices stop working or not charged or anything, and you get in a situation and you need the word? If it's not hidden in your heart, you're not equipped to be able to defeat the devil. And like you said, yes, you have to speak that word to the devil. You have to tell him as Jesus did. It is written and we are armed and dangerous to the enemy when we know what thus says the Lord. We have to train ourselves to be able to rebuke the devil with the word and stay before the Lord in prayer. And when you pray, you guys have to expect your prayers to avail as much. And that's how we're going to win over Satan and over this this spirit of fear that he tries to put inside of us. What if you've sort of let your prayer life slip a bit? What if you've become too busy and that fear, that spirit has already come over you and is in control of you? How do you get out from under that? Well, you know, it's, and and, and that's another thing uh, with the way of the world today, we're all so busy. We think that we're 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 we don't have enough time to read the word. We don't have enough time to pray. But it is a decision, just like you accept the Lord. It is a decision that you have to make. Uh, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to pray. And when these things happen, we just have to have to make a conscious decision that when you know that you're scared. It is not of God, because as I stated earlier in the scriptures, in Second Timothy, it says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So whenever you feel like it's fear, know that it's not of God. Should fear you? is not of God. It is of Satan, because God gave us power, he gave us love, and he gave us a sound mind. Should we feel guilty then when we feel fear? No, you shouldn't feel guilty. Um... I don't, I don't think that you should feel guilty. I think that you should should have a consciousness about yourself in a relationship or desiring a relationship with God that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're faced with in life, no matter what comes over you, you are victorious with God. When Jesus rose from the grave, he defeated death on our behalf. So whatever it is, you don't have to feel guilty. If you ever feel the only thing we have to do is repent with a repentive heart, and we are forgiven for all things. So we're victorious. So you don't have to be you don't have to be a slave to fear when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have the victory. I just want to encourage everyone today that you can let go of your fears because God's got your back. God did not create us to worry. He did not create us to be fearful, but we were created to worship him. So remember that we are children of the most high God, that he loves us, he protects us, he wants to encourage us, and he is our shield. God has a wonderful and a powerful plan for each and every one of us. And, you know, many things may come to wear you out, but we have to make a decision, as I said earlier, that we are going to trust and believe in God. We're going to stand on his word. So I pray that today that someone out there has been encouraged. Read the scriptures. Find time daily to be in the Word of God and to have a consistent prayer life with the Lord, and you will overcome all things that may try to come and hinder you in your life. Minister Sarita, would you close us off in prayer? Yes, I will. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to be able to come to you, God, with all of our cares, all of our concerns, God, everything, God, that may come and try to hinder us or distract us or keep our minds off of you, Lord. Father God, we come in the name of Jesus and we plead the blood of Jesus over every person, God, who can hear the sound of my voice, Lord. Whatever issues that they're dealing with today in life, God, and especially if they're dealing with a spirit of fear, God, I pray, Lord, that they would relinquish and release to you, God every care and concern that they have. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to come on. And I pray, God, that the words have been encouraging to someone, inspiring to someone, 
Lord. And I thank you for the opportunity, Lord. I thank you for Nicole for asking me back on the show, Lord. And I just pray, God, that we all, Lord, would just totally surrender to you, God, and that our lives, God, would be lives that are patterned after your word, God, that we will have a hunger and a thirst for you, God. And I pray, God, that we will be a blessing to those who do not know you. The Christians, God, would be a blessing to those who do not know you. And Father God, that everywhere that we go and everything that we do, God, that your light will illuminate us, God, and that your light will shine, Lord, and that people will have a desire, Lord, to know why do we have such love, such such peace, um, such um, humility about us, Lord God, and it's only because of you, God. We give you, Lord, the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Minister Sarita, for sharing that word with us. I'm sure that it has spoken into the heart of someone who may very well right now be in the grip of fear, and you've given them the key to overcoming that fear. So um, I certainly hope that you will be returning as um, a guest on the show. We always look forward to having you. So thank you so much, Minister Sarita, for your time today. You you are so welcome, and I thank you for having me back again. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my
Thanks again to Minister Sarita Jones-Harshoff for that wonderful message on being no longer a slave to fear. And I certainly hope that it struck a chord with you and that you know that you are victorious through Jesus Christ. So folks, that is it. That wraps up my hour with you. I really hope that you've been blessed by all of the messages that uh, were shared today and of course by the wonderful gospel reggae music. And I just want to uh, remind you that Jesus is Lord. Nothing is impossible for God. And he is at work behind the scenes of your life. Just keep your heart and your eyes, as Minister Sarita said, turned towards the Lord. Now, if you'd like to reach me with any prayer requests or any comments about the program, you can write to me at email life101radio at gmail.com. That's life101radio at gmail.com. You can also inbox me on Facebook at Life Radio on Facebook. And again, just to let you know, the email address is life101radio at gmail.com. And I'd be very happy to hear from you and to pray for you. So until next Thursday, I'm Nicole Georges Bennett. Thank you so much for joining me and making inspiration for your day a part of your day. Stay tuned for more great programming right here on Life 101 Radio and also on tdnradio.net. Have a great day, everybody, and be blessed. We
miroir 